welcome everyone to uh, this special Building Brand New um, panel, live panel conversation. I'm really excited about this. We have been trying to do this for quite some time um, and we have finally managed to do it after talking about it since January. So it wasn't a lot of speed of implementation, but we did a lot of other things in the meantime. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Kim Hamer. Uh, I am the founder of Artemis Futures and the creator of Building Brand U. You have probably seen me before if you found this on our Facebook group. Uh, and I am delighted to have uh, Jen Godet and Paula Cook joining me for this discussion uh, this afternoon, this evening, this morning, wherever you are in the world. So Jen, Paula, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Um, why don't you introduce yourselves to our audience? Absolutely. We are super excited to be here. Paula and I um, work very closely with entrepreneurs and individuals. And um, I know this has been a long time in coming, Kim. We've been talking about this since January. We've done a few things. Uh, but really, who am I? I am an investor and an entrepreneur. But most importantly, I own a coaching um, company. And we work with entrepreneurs to get to the next level. We help them to launch their business successfully, get to that first six figures, and then at their inflection points to get to seven, eight, and beyond. Um, we're really excited to be here and be a part of this conversation. And I have Paula right here with me. She and I work very closely together with all of our clients. Yes, excited to be here as well. And like Jen said, we um, have come together to create a company for entrepreneurs to help support, to help give you accountability, to take you to that next level, and to help you be the CEO of not just your business, but your life too. They coincide, as we all both know. So we're super excited about being here today. Thank you for having us, Kim. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. Um, let's start uh, with with how we how we feel and what we're seeing about the uncertainty in the world at the moment. I mean, I don't think the world is anywhere near finished uh, with all this uncertainty. So, you know, what? Just tell me a little bit about um, how you're experiencing it, uh, what you're seeing. You work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and I know you work with a lot of other businesses as well. So, you know, what are some of the things that you're sort of seeing and some of the common themes? Yeah, so let's just start with and get the elephant out of the room, right? Business isn't easy. Anybody who told you business is easy lied to you because even in an amazing economy where everything is going good and everything's valued high and appreciating, it's still not easy. So I, I kind of want to kick that out because what we're facing right now is one of the most challenging economic times that we've seen you know, since the 70s and 80s. So it's been a very long time since we've seen some of the things that we're seeing today with regards to inflation, with the cost, with the labor market challenges, um, with different markets really coming down and having a massive reset. So I don't want this, I don't want anybody to come away and say, oh my goodness, it's a bad economy for business. It's BS. We can create our own economy and make it happen no matter what. But some of the real common themes in business Costs are up, expenses are up both both from um, the material standpoint 
And on the labor side, at least here in the United States, on the labor side, it's really escalated um, because we're seeing very high inflation year over year. It's been happening for a year. Interest rates are going up, which makes cost, everything is having like a cost explosion. And so cost of living is up. So people want more money. And we have very, very low unemployment. So very hard to find people. So we're seeing that cost side of it. And we're also seeing the hard to find people and retain good talent. So I think those those are the two biggest challenges facing most small businesses um, today because you know we're getting the double question. You're not just feeling it on the business side, but you're also feeling it on the personal side. Paul, is there anything else that you are seeing? Yes. So I'm the implementer and I'm normally in the business helping the businesses go to the next level after Jen gives them the strategy. And so what we're seeing, I want to ditto the people, the labor force in the United States right now is super, super interesting is what we're going to say um, for lack, because I believe all people are great, but some people need more help with their greatness. And at this time in the world, we have been talking about it amongst entrepreneurs. It feels like a lot of the greatness has left and went to another universe and that people are, you know, of course, we're going to say quiet quitting. They're quiet quitting is what the term is, but they're coming to work. I'm working nine to five. Don't ask me to do anything else. I'm leaving at, oh, it's 501. I have to go. So in, like Jim was saying, retaining good talent. So when we find good people, we definitely want to make sure that we keep them. And then it's about communication. I think what we're having to find is that the communication is really having to escalate and really um, be focused on what we want and also a more of a two-way street when before as an entrepreneur and the CEO, we used to be able to be more one way. Now it's it's got to be two ways. You got to have the, uh, the employer, um, the employee really considering the things that they need because if they're good, we want them to stay. So we mm. want to hear from them. And also they have solutions to some of our challenges that we're facing. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm I'm in the UK and I have just recently spent a couple of months in Australia and they're the same themes. They're the mm. same themes. I mean, everybody is up in arms about the increase in utilities prices, whether you're a business or, you know, you're looking at it from a personal budgeting point of view. Um, and certainly there's a theme about the quiet quitting that you called it, Paula, that, that, that kind of show upism kind of thing I'll just do the thing I need to do to keep the security in place but not much more than that um, I think the other thing uh, we're also seeing is the availability of people but who actually wants to do the job so that's something I don't know whether you're experiencing but certainly uh, coming out of the the pandemic we're now having to deal even more so from a UK point of view with the impacts of Brexit and that we lost part of our labor force that were in a lot of industries. So some of those sectors are really struggling uh, to find people that will take on those jobs. And I saw the same kind of thing in Australia uh, with some small businesses who were looking to expand, uh, looking for people to take on you know, jobs like uh, you know, driving and um, fitting out things and, and, and things like that. And to find good people is really tough at the moment. I mean, why, why do you think that is? Well, you know, I'm going I'm to say that that I think is a worldwide phenomenon. I think that the pandemic shifted the way people think, because if you remember before pandemic, everybody was working 
for the money for some future thing. But I think what happened in the pandemic is we had a fundamental shift in values at a basic human level. I think people, when they were locked up and they didn't have to commute um, and they were able to work remotely, they had better quality of life. They weren't wasting extra hours in the car going to an office. They had a little bit better family life or work-life balance. Even though some of us went the other extreme and found it very hard to insert that balance because we were working in the same place as we were you know, at home. Um, and so boundaries became a big deal. I think what you're seeing now is and people are transitioning, like they're requiring, companies are requiring people back to office or back to jobs. And, and people are like, I don't want to sit in traffic for hours. I don't want to commute to another place to sit and do something I've been able to do at home. And then, you know, the services sector was really hit hard. Tourism was really hit hard and it was hard to keep people. So those people still had to make a living. So they reskilled, upskilled, and left some of the some of the industries that, like you were referring to, and it's happening here. There's there's wanted signs everywhere. Everybody's trying to hire, but there's not enough people in the workforce. And I think there's another thing at play. I think the younger generations they're not willing to wait to retirement to have what they want. They want to have it now, and they're willing to work minimally and part time or gig economy as opposed mm. to a full time job, so that they can kind of have that the life that they want right now. They're not like what well, I grew up. I'm an Xer, and I grew up. You work your butt off for 25, 30 years, and then you take the fruits of your labor and you see what you've you've done. Um, and that's just not the case anymore. Whether it's pandemic or generational. Um, you know, there's a lot of studies that say all kinds of different things, but I think people in general have had a shift in their values and they want to make sure that what's important to them is first, not necessarily work or a job. Yeah. Yes. And, and I'll say, Kim, exposure and experience. What um, COVID and, and the pandemic showed us was that we can do some different things. We have, it basically gave us permission. You know, it signed that permission slip that says you can spend some time with your family. You can actually make it on if you, you know, had less hours and you weren't getting the money you were getting. You are able to make it. And not only that, to piggyback off of what Jen was saying, it's better. I feel better. I sleep better. The quality of my life is better. And then going to this new generation, they are different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, yes, they are. And so as, um, as we're bridging that gap, right, because we're all still here, we're all still going to have to coincide. And it's all of some of the um, the generation from the Xers like Regen and even some of the baby boomers that are still the CEOs of these companies. Mm. So there is going to have to be some bridge gapping, some, you know, some connection there. And they have different values. They think different. They operate different. I will say they do find ways to be more efficient and productive if given the right parameters and boundaries, they can get it done. And they're like, great, let's go. And then they go and they enjoy their life off of work. And they have found a way to to not turn their life into work. And I will say I am a um, recovering workaholic. And so <laughs> I understand what that means, you know, yeah. to I'm going to work, 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 work. And it went, even when I'm playing, I'm working and I'm going to do some work and play, but now, no, they shut it down. I'm working and I'm playing. Yeah. And so we have to, I think, come together and find a way, but there's still a balance because there's still things that need to be done. So we got to mix the old and the new. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And what's really interesting about what's come up in, in both of your comments there is boundaries mm -hmm. and that the, the shape of things has actually changed. So 
uh, I'm a big fan of the gig economy. Uh, even when I was in corporate life, I think I was probably a bit of a, a gig operator anyway. So um, I moved around a lot. I got promoted a lot. I got shifted into different positions. So thinking about it in that way, and I also have a team that's remote, uh, that one of them has three different businesses. One of them works for me and works for someone else. So I'm I'm really comfortable with all of that, but I think I'm also an Xer, Jen. Uh, so a Gen Xer, Jen. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that's all that common if people have been in quite stable environments for a long time. And I think also we talk about the, you know, this younger generation wanting a different way to work. I also think that, that you know, there is an aging population that traditionally would retire for want of a better word um, between 55 and 65 and actually we're living much longer we can have a much greater quality of life and we're still capable of contributing so much so I think the rules are also changing at the other end of the spectrum for people um, whether it's gig economy whether it's volunteering or doing other things so I think there's a whole mix going on so so what do you think that means for entrepreneurialism for entrepreneurs in the world well so i just want to like say this isn't just about the people thing either as entrepreneurs we really have to be adaptable flexible and and able to make those quick little shifts and pivots mm. because even if you think about marketing right you're in yeah. branding even if you think yeah. about marketing what was working in marketing six yeah. months ago is not working today no so as entrepreneurs, I think a very key skill set is adaptability and sort of watching the direction things are going and making those micro changes. Yeah. Um, and so that applies to people too. So as Paula was saying, the communication is essential, but we also have to be looking at the horizon and what do we have to do and what's working. And I think, and this is just my opinion, this is the Jen opinion, what is working right now, which may not work tomorrow. So that's where that adaptability comes in. <laughs> that's my asterisk, is that we have to bring all the people to the table and we have to actually be willing to ask the questions and listen. Because if we're going to attract the young talent and the new talent and insert them into our culture, we have to be very, very careful with the hiring process, right? And so a lot of people right now are desperate for people and they just want a warm body. I don't think that's going to work no. at all moving forward. I think we have to stand as entrepreneurs in our mission, vision, and our values, and when we hire, hiring less for a skill set per se, and more for our values, because if we share values with the people that are coming into our organization, they're going to choose us over maybe somebody else because money isn't necessarily the top motivator for people anymore. Yeah. You know, flexibility, like all these things, we have to be able to make sure that it's a value match. And that we can either they have the skills or we can teach the skills. Yeah. And then on the retention side, it's listening to what's important because for some people, yeah, it is the money. And for some people, it's they want more time off or they want a vacation and they don't, they're not disciplined enough to save for the vacation. But if we make that a special incentive based off of performance, then they're more likely to perform and get that vacation. So it's listening to what our people want once we get mm. them attracting mm. the right people in the first place from a culture fit because what's not working and I don't think this has ever worked is to just hire warm bodies and expect yeah. them to fit your culture 
Yeah. We can't change people's values. No, um, no. And so I think that's something. And then they, that's where resilience comes in because as entrepreneurs, it means we're having to like roll up our sleeves and do some things that we didn't have to do before because yep. we easily had staff or people to do those things. And now that it's a little bit more challenging, we have to be willing to do any level, no matter where we are and step in and roll our sleeves up and get to the next level, um, which is something we haven't seen in a really long time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What do you think, Paula? Yeah, I agree as well. And as, as Jen was speaking, all that kept coming to my mind was humility and um, being able to be open-minded and innovating and creating. I think when we first start as entrepreneurs, we're super, super passionate about getting our business out there and we're open-minded and we're like, yeah, let's go. Sure, let's try it. All right. And then we get successful um, by whatever measure that is to you, because we know that is all different for everyone. But we get to that successful level and we forget sometimes what got us there. So I think going back and going, okay, where's my passion? What Jen was talking about, cultures and values, we have some entrepreneurs that have been working for five to 10 years in their business and they can't tell us what their values are. So defining them. And as you grow as an entrepreneur, they do change. Um, so really taking the time to redefine and to get connected and reconnected back to your values and your mission and why you're in business. Bring that passion back. Bring that purpose back. Bring that creativity and the excitement. And that will help as well in these uncertain times. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We were just talking about communication a little while back, right? So we have a question from from one of one of our attendees for us baby boomers please tell us what you mean by gig economy <laughs> who wants to have a go at that <laughs> that's a great question so yeah. gig economy is um in the in the excerpt world think the 1099s think the people who are independent contractors or maybe they have the, their own business they have their own llc but they're a single operator or maybe have a small function and you're hiring them for a project. So they don't want to work for you full time. They have no interest in being a W-2 if you're in the United States. I know it's different in other, other countries, but they have no intention of being a full-time employee or even a part-time employee of your company. They want to have the freedom to be a contractor, a vendor, a subcontractor of yours for a project or a duration or, or what have you for a specific um, time so that they can't, they're not committed. I mean, they may be committed. I mean, I have people who we partner and we've partnered for years and years years that are gig economy because they have their own business and they want to do that but um some people want the flexibility that i want to do a per project and then i might want to move to something else or maybe we'll continue but they want that freedom um to have that kind of entrepreneurial choice in their life and that flexibility so that's my definition of a gig economy think uber think lyft think doordash or any of the things that you have a bunch of different people who can come and oh there's a ride right now somebody needs a ride and it goes out and whatever driver gets it first they're up in the line they get to say yes i want to take that or no i don't so we're putting they they have the decision making process like um they we can't dictate when they work how they work they do have to deliver our quality and, and our product but we can't say oh you need to work eight to five they can choose to work at two o'clock in the morning if they want to. I think yeah. the other thing uh, that typifies a gig economy is uh, particularly, I think, that for uh, those that are perhaps a little younger than we are, uh, it's about variety. So it's not necessarily about always doing the same thing. So, you know, Jen, you mentioned Uber and DoorDash and things like that. They're often, if you get in to an Uber and speak to the driver, they've usually got 
two or three other things going on that are completely unrelated to their their driving business. And I think there's a like a, a flexibility and a variety in that 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 people enjoy when they discover it. And I think that's what we've seen with the pandemic. All of a sudden, we've we've been forced into making some different decisions and different choices. And all of a sudden, we've got this, this different variety and flexibility in our lives. We're starting to go, oh. So the, the gig refers to, it's a bit like a music a band yeah. they go and play gigs and they go and play them in different places for different people and all of that sort of thing so so paula uh, is there anything you'd like to add to y'all our genetics definition yeah y'all hit it y'all y'all yes that's a great definition from both of you i just say that i've always said that i have adult adhd so to be able to bounce around to different things is very exciting for me that lights my fire um and that's one of the things i'm able to do you know in in the coaching business is i have different clients from different industries and so i get to jump over here in medical and then i get to jump over here in uh yoga and then i get to jump over here in you know in sports performance so get to be like you were saying Kim is the variety some people just need the variety to be fulfilled and I'm one of those yeah brilliant so speaking of variety and flexibility and all those things what sort of opportunities become available when we start to think about that so the gig economy that expanding ourselves variety being flexible what you know what do you think is kind of emerging out of this change for us well, for starters, I think that anytime there's a disruption, and right now we're seeing a massive disruption, we just came out of pandemic, which was a disruption in the way that we operate and think, and now we're having an economic disruption, there's uncertainty in the world from a, from a war standpoint, from a supply chain standpoint, from an economic standpoint, so there's a lot of things happening, and a lot of people, most people will look at that and go, oh, it's a bad time to get into business, or it's a bad time. But actually, those disruptions create opportunities. And because we are entrepreneurial, because we have gig opportunities, gig, gig economy, what we can do is we can look at it and say, what is the number one problem or the gap in what's in the industry right now? What has created, like, what are the gaps or the problems that have been created? And can, can I have a solution to that? And so I think it goes back to communication, right, with our employees as well. If we're listening to our desired customers, if we have clients who we want to serve in a way by continually listening to where the problems are and being like the complaint department for other companies, you can find those opportunities and those gaps and create a solution for those problems. And so I think that right now is an excellent time for those who are adaptable, for those who are persistent, and for those who are willing to listen and, and kind of ride the wave instead of let the wave, you know, knock you off course. We're able to listen to those problems, find those gaps and offer those creative solutions. And, and it's like partnering with you, Kim, like we've done some things. You've come and spoken with my client, our clients. Um, we're here doing this with you. How can we collaborate with other business owners to solve the problems that are happening right now? Because it doesn't necessarily have to be just us. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing that came out of pandemic. We have a lot more connectivity and strategic alliances going on that we didn't see two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my take on that. Yeah. So speaking of strategic alliances, I think it, it's a great opportunity to ask, how did you two form your partnership? How did you get together? <laughs> it's so Tell crazy. Tell us the story. Because, 
Yes, absolutely. So in our former careers, both of us are in the medical field and we were both working at a hospital system. I'm an athletic trainer and Jen is a physical therapist, a doctor of physical therapy. And we got the opportunity to create a sports performance program under a hospital system. And I was the coordinator and Jen was the lead for the strength and conditioning piece of that with her um, physical therapy background and her um, sports performance background. And so we came together and there were four different areas that um, made up the sports performance program. The area that her and I did, her strength and conditioning, led the pack in the department. It made the most money. It had the most patience. It had the most connectivity. It was the most. And we sat there that day. And as we were, um, I had to work with each individual practitioner differently. And she was the most fun. She was the one where we had the, our synergy was unbelievable. And it still is today. And that was what? Oh, my God. Like 2012, 2013. Yes. So going on almost 10 years now. And it's crazy because as she was talking, I'm like, you're still in, you're still in my thoughts. Get out of my head, sister. Um, <laughs> about the, the, the strategic partnerships that have come, you said, you know, what has opened up? And what has opened up is the opportunity to work with other people. Anybody that knows Paula knows that I love people. And so the opportunities that came to strategically align with other entrepreneurs and be stronger is what I feel was the best thing that came out of that. And I always tell people, you know, poke somebody with the little finger. Oh, that doesn't even do anything. But you got five people and you punch that person. Oh, they're going to feel that. So <laughs> the synergistic power of everybody working together yeah. in their lane, doing their, doing their, you know, their best and what their, their gifts, using their gifts and their strengths just brings together a power punch. So Brilliant. that's, yeah. you, know, you want to add to our story? Anything? Yeah, realistically speaking, we worked together in that capacity. And then when I when I left and I retired, like medicine, I'm like, I'm done with this. And I started my business. You know, Paula was one of my first clients. Excellent. <laughs> so, so we worked in that capacity and then um, just shifted on. And as I grew and I realized that I was going to actually have a, a coaching firm, if you will, instead of just a solo entrepreneurial gig, she was the first person I talked to because I knew when we work together, I've got the vision and the strategy and she's got the implementation and together we make a very good, powerful pair because where her strengths are, are a little bit different than mine, but we align in our vision, mission, passion, purpose. Um, our values are the same where we want to go and the impact we want to have on the world are the same. So it just made sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something you said, I'll come back to values in a minute because we've got another question from, from the floor. Uh, but you said something about fun. And I think that the you know the changes we've come out of and the uncertainty we've come out of um it's not the same for everybody and i appreciate there are people who are still struggling but for me it feels like there's a, there's an embracing of fun there's kind of like a letting down a bit we don't have to be quite so formal about these things and we're all just people we've all been stuck at home for two years you know doing the same sorts of mad things and that what you said about fun that's what comes from great connection and great shared values and and all of those sorts of things i think whether we hire whether we got clients wherever they are uh, on the topic of values uh we have a question that says you mentioned the importance of values and all generations linked to a value set how is esg driving new entrepreneurial business thinking and attracting talent of all generations well well first i want to clarify a little bit yeah each generation doesn't necessarily have different values. 
we, as human beings, we have our own values. And when we talk about values, it's, you know, things like integrity or quality or communication and things. And I think that's cross-generational. I don't think it's necessarily a generation X says this, boomers say that, like, while they do have like work ethic-y type things that we've brought up in, I think that I want to just very, very, very clearly say it doesn't matter what generation we are in, we can find people who align with things that are important. Like for us, integrity is top. And if you are not going to do what you say you're going to do, when you say you're going to do it in the way that you're saying you say you're going to do it, then you're not a fit for any of my businesses. Because that is the most important thing to me. The other most important thing to me is that we are serving and we are creating a positive impact in the lives that we touch. So if those are not two of your top values, when I'm interviewing you across the table, I don't care what your work ethic is. I don't care what your work value system is. If your human values do not align, then that's a hard no for me because that's where all the problems lie. If I hire somebody whose who's value is to get ahead in life and to make money, then we're intrinsically not a good fit because- mm -hmm you're gonna chase the money and maybe compromise on integrity or compromise on the level of delivery that we're gonna have. So I think that's very important to distinguish um, because when you think about company values, one of the things that was old school, and this is any of your boomers and Xers are gonna know this because this is how I was brought up, that you have a personal value system and a work value system. Well, what has happened today in today's day and world and as we have younger generations is it's one and the same. If our personal values do, are not aligning with our business values, then we have an, a malalignment and a disconnect. And we're always going to have problems with our culture as we grow our business. And so when we, when we used to be taught, oh, you keep work separate, like it was like a big separation of, I'm going to say church and state, but that's kind of <laughs> what it is. It's like a separation of church and state. It's not like that anymore. And people today do business with people that they know, like, trust and align with their values. And so we have to be very forward in who, what we stand for as human beings and a business um, more so than we did 20, 25 years ago. So I think I just wanted to kind of clarify that because I think that gets lost in the shuffle and there's a lot of semantics and, and, and a lot of things out there on, on these topics, but we've seen a fundamental shift in the way that people do business. And even at the end consumer, if you are a business to, cons to consumer, mm -hmm. consumers want to do business with companies that have the values that they align with. That's why you have Apple people that won't go to anybody else, even if they have a superior product, it's because of the value system of Apple putting a computer in every single home. They've done that. They've done that through phones. They continue to do that. And so like, that's why people do business with certain brands because of the values and what the brand stands for. So I think it's very important to kind of make that because you said you had a boomer who had a question. And I know, cause I, I came from that world and was trained in that world. Um, and that's just not how we can do business if we really want to get to the next level these days. Yeah. Um, do you want to add? Um, you said you said a lot, but what I was saying is no. A lot. I talk too much. No, so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. I, she knows it's not a love. Um, so yeah, but, but I laughed. To, yeah, to just add a little bit to that is absolutely people people do business with people they like 
And they, like Jen was saying, I think this is super important to just pull out of the thing that really stands out is people do business with people they like. So you need to be a fit. The other thing to think about with that is everybody is not your client or your customer. Everybody is not your strategic partner. There is a billion people on this earth and they're not all for you. So it's about finding your people that are for you, that align with you, that do business with you from a consumer standpoint point and from um and from who you employ so that is very very important which is authenticity right mm -hmm. like you can't you can't pretend to have a value that you don't have anymore you used to be able to get away with that like 20 years ago you can't yeah. get away with that no. if you are as a human being because people are not just looking at your company they're looking at who owns the business and they're researching who owns the business and what you stand for so if you have a malalignment there yeah. you're not being authentic They'll, they'll sniff that out like this because they know how yeah. to search it. And well, frankly, actually, wonder, it, it, it undermines your brand. It does. That, it, that it completely lack of undermines, alignment your undermines your brand because you're showing up as one thing um, against perhaps what you really are, which quite frankly, I think is exhausting um, to have to pretend all the time. But also, if you're showing up in different ways, you confuse people about what you stand for and who you are. Uh, and if they're confused, they're less likely to do business with you, less likely to share ideas with you uh, in a career. They're less likely to, say, promote you or give you opportunities because they're just not sure mm -hmm. about you. I wanted to add something to what Paula said as well, because I so agree um, we do business with people we like. But on top of that, I think. Um, in my experience as a sort of a more early stage entrepreneur than perhaps um, the two of you was, yes, I liked lots of people, but they weren't always a strategic fit for mm -hmm. where I was going. And one of the things that uh, happened was, or a couple of, couple of times is that we sort of went a little way down the path and then I went, hang on, this isn't where I want to go. So I think then there needs to be that, yes, finding people you like, but finding people who are if you're working with them or coaching them or, you know, they're a consumer, are you aligned in where you're going as well? Because otherwise you could have a lovely time now, but you'll split off and maybe not like each other very much down the path because. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, the fun thing about business is that we will align with people and then you have to be equally, what you're talking about is being equally yoked. If we're equal partners, we have to be equally yoked moving in the same direction because if we're doing this, they're yeah. not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and early in business, we might align with people who we are equally yoked with, but we also have to grow at an equal rate. And that yes. is very challenging in business. There are many times I've partnered with people and aligned with people and we've gone for a year or two years and then it's become a time where they're not growing. So they're literally holding where we're going back and kind of like, you know, they're over here doing this. And I'm like, no, come on, let's drive forward. Um, and so there comes a time for a communication where we can say, hey, look, this was really amazing. It's been a pleasure. But right now I feel like we're not moving in the same direction. And that's where communication, we can have that, you know, dissipation of that alliance in a way that is a win-win-win. Hey, I'm, I'm obviously not helping you because we're not moving in the same direction. I think it's time to dissolve this. We can dissolve this as a friends and, you know, I'll continue to support you in any way that I can, yeah. um, but I have to be uh, um, honoring my path forward and, uh, and my business path forward, right? Yeah. And, and so as we grow, it's, it's very important that when we align, we recognize, hey, we've stopped working the same direction and either we come back and agree to come back or 
or we agree to part ways. And either way, there's a way to do that in business that does not burn bridges. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And given I was just thinking about, you know, that the title of this panel is adapting in uncertain times. And sometimes that uncertainty just lies in in our business in within the relationship. And it's not about external forces. And it's about I think for me, what's really coming out is uh, it's important to have clarity about where you're going and, and what you want to give your, your time, your resources, your effort to in a bigger sense, because that helps you to make choices in terms of, am I attracting the right people, the right talent for my business? Am I investing in the right things? Am I growing in the right ways because sometimes growth happens but you grow differently and it's not always aligned so I think that importance of understanding that vision that strategy and having that underpinning of um if I say unashamed value set so you know we used to keep it all separate now I just wander around life and going my main value is joy how about it (laughs) there are other ones but but you know, I, that it's part of, you know, my own personal purpose. And interestingly, uh, a very close friend of mine last Christmas bought me a windsheeter with the French word for joy on it. That was my present. So I'm obviously living my, my value. And, and, you know, Kim, like something that we like to tell our clients, and this is helpful for anybody who's watching this is, you know, do a pulse check. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're on track. If you ask your social media following, hey, what are, what do you think my top three values are? Or what do you think, what, what do you think of when you think of me or, or pick your company? Like for us, Jen Godet Coaching Services or yeah. whatever company that we're talking about at the time. What, yeah. what is the first word that comes to your mind? And you do a pulse check of how other people perceive you because if it's not in alignment with how you want to be seen, there's obviously a disconnect there and you're not showing up authentically or, yeah. you're, or you're not showing up in a way publicly and that, that you are privately, which is very, I mean, it's, it's very important that we do those pulse checks because, you know, like as the other side of it is, as we grow as human beings, there's different seasons in life. Yeah. Like if you asked me when I was in my twenties, what was important? I needed to put food on the table. (laughs) That was important to me then. And I had a monster student loan from medical school. So, you know, like that was a different priority. Now I'm in a different phase and stage in my life. I mean, I'm well into that. I've already retired that career and now I'm in the entrepreneurial and investment space. And my values are very different. My values are more, um, I I guess, philanthropic or like impact driven. They're less, I don't want to say selfish because it's not selfish. It's just where you are at a time, but they're less, um, they're less, in my own little circle because my yeah. daughter's in her mid twenties and completely independent. I've got grand, I've got grandbabies, right? It's a different stage in life. So yeah. as we grow as human beings, sometimes our values or our, what's most important, our priorities shift a little bit. And it's important that we allow our business to grow and shift with us. And yeah. that's okay. That's, yeah. I think, I think no one had permission to do that before. No. I think it was you pick something and you stick with it and then you try to beat it into everybody, but now we can be a little bit more maneuverable. And I think that's something that's come out of the pandemic, but I think it's been shifting for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Paula, um, I'm going to throw this question to you, actually. I've got another question from the panel. Um, I hope we answered that question sufficiently sufficiently on values. Um, Please um, pop another question in if you'd like us to follow up on that. Uh, So 
Like marriages, Paula, partners in business also need date nights, check-ins to ensure you're still on that path together. Agree? Super agree. And we just <laughs> did one in May, actually, um, for when we were at a conference, we took an extra couple days and we spent time together because we are super busy. Both of us have multiple businesses and we have our own lives where we've drawn our boundaries. And so, you know, we have to find time to get together and actually pulse check each other. Hey, where are you? Where are we on this? Are we still going this way? Where is the company going? What are we seeing coming together and having sometimes what I was thinking about as y'all were having the discussion um, about values and how things change is sometimes there has to be crucial conversations and people really avoid those like the plague, mm -hmm. but it ends up plaguing your life. <laughs> crucial conversations are paramount to moving forward. And crucial conversations don't have to end up in a blow up, oh my God, I don't, you know, I don't know who you are, I don't like you, and cursing and fussing and fighting and all that. It could simply be, and a lot of times our crucial conversations end in tears because it's like, oh my God, I didn't know this was going on with you. Let me check in. Okay, how can we support you here as a human being first? And now let's talk about the business because it believe, I mean, contrary to popular belief, with like Jen says, we're not separating them anymore. What's yeah. happening in our life is happening in our business. And when you are in sync, like we are, we know when each other is off. So we can come to each other and say, you know what, sister, you might have duped the client and they may think you're okay, but I know you're not. Talk to me. What's going on? How can we, you know, what do we need to, what do we need to support? What do we need to nurture? And that's very, very important. And it's important to have that team and that circle around you that is not going to just, sure, okay, yes, everything's great. Girl, you look good. And you have on a pink tutu and your stomach's hanging out and it's just not you. But I'm saying, or you have a boogie hanging out your nose or you got something in your teeth. I mean, it can be even little, right? People avoid crucial conversations like the plague. And I will say, yes, it is a marriage. And when we decided to partner together, we knew that. And I will say to people who are partnering, and we take this very seriously, you need to have an exit strategy for the partnership in the, in the honeymoon phase. We yeah. love each other and we love each other enough to say, hey, if we got a separate ways, we have a plan for that. Yes. And so I would say anybody that is in a partnership, there are going to be times, like she said, maybe one's growing faster than the other. Or one's, you could both be growing fast, but just growing fast like this and going in separate directions. And mm. that's okay. The world has made us think that it's not okay for us to be different, to choose yeah. different, and that we still can't get along. I yeah. tell people all the time, I don't have to agree with you to respect you. I respect this woman to the utmost. We always say we're sisters from another mister. If she chooses to decide to go to the Galapagos Islands and stay there and help the sea turtles, that's not what Paula is doing right now. And I'll be like, girl, I love you. And you stay over there, send me pictures, and I'm going to do this thing in the United States. So it it's okay. I want people to hear it's okay to have disagreements but you don't have to have blowups and blowouts and always get the end of the partnership, how things are going to separate at the beginning when everything is amendable and excitement and excited. And, and I just want to pop in too, like we do other things, like we'll go and get manis and petties together. I'll be like, okay, we just need some girl time. We're not going to talk business. Yeah. 
because it's important to have that downtime, you know, mm-hmm. and actually we were just talking about when we're going to have another little downtime yesterday. Yes. Um, so, mm-hmm. so that's happening in October. We have mm-hmm. to plan it. We do have yeah. to plan it because we're very busy and we yeah. do a lot of things. Um, but it's important to have those human touch points as well. And sometimes you just shove the business aside and say, Hey, look, you know, um, you're not being great. <laughs> I know that you're better than this. Like what's going on. And, yeah. and sometimes it's personal and it's important to have that outside of work yeah. um, with your partners. And, you know, you know, Kim, we do things like we do experiences all the time. Paula and I went to Savannah bananas to experience the experience together. You know, I could have chosen to take my husband to that, but um, my work wife was, was right there with me. <laughs> we had a great time. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I just want to share a little comment that that has come in from someone. Uh, You ready for this, Paula? Paula is great. Authentic, practical, pragmatic. Love her approach and her language. You go, girl. Well, thank you. you. Thank you. So I just thought I'd I'd share that. I think one of the things that's really important that we don't do enough as society is acknowledge and celebrate. Um, ourselves so I wanted to I was I was thinking about should I leave that till the end to tell her and I thought no I am going to pass that on right now um (laughs) and that's all right um if you you can't have her whoever's saying that you can't have her she's mine that's right taken taken twice so so the the, the last little bit I want to talk about the importance of um community uh, you've talked about partnership and values. We've, you know, we've talked about adapting and uncertainty and growth and all of those sorts of things. And one of the most important things for me, just in becoming an entrepreneur and even as I've grown, is to think about who I'm surrounding myself with. Uh, are they, again, are they kind of aligned, but also they might not be going in exactly the same direction I am, but what can I learn? What do they do really well that I kind of go, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder if I could apply that. Now, you offer um, a mastermind uh, for entrepreneurs uh, called CEO Mondays. I've been lucky to have been on a couple of times. It's been amazing. So I wanted to talk about CEO Mondays and why you felt there was a real need for that, how long it's been going, all of that sort of thing. So tell us a little bit about CEO Mondays and what that's all about. Right. That's a great question. So the mastermind itself, I've been having a mastermind going on for years. And when pandemic hit, so before pandemic, it was a high end, high cost per month mastermind. And when pandemic hit, we saw a need for small businesses because they were really struggling. Like brick and mortars were shut down. They had no revenue. So I dropped it down to like, it's a stupid low cost group. It's a hundred dollars a month. And I've kept it that way because small businesses need a place where they can come together and have a safe space to talk about their challenges. We're facilitating it. We're giving them business acumen and we're giving them action steps to keep them moving forward. But we also have that safe space so that we can talk about what's real. What's the challenge? We can bounce ideas. We, of course, lead it as the as as the facilitators, but we have a group of entrepreneurs. So like, for example, if somebody has a new product offering and they want to say, hey, what do you think? Let's do market research. They have a safe space to do that in. And what we know is business is hard. We started this conversation with that. So if anybody's not getting that business is a challenge, no matter what's happening in the greater economy, um, business is always hard and we cannot have people pulling us down. So it was really, really important to me as a human being and and to us 
to have that safe space where we lift other people and we're like this we're linking arms with everybody in there so that we can continue to grow because if we don't have that and we don't have people who like paula would say hey you hey girl you got some lettuce in your teeth you better like fix that you know if we don't do that in our business then nobody knows because nobody's going to tell you so we have that safe space where we will we will tell you and sometimes people don't like what we say but we say it from a space of hey we really care about you and we want you to grow and this is a safe space and this is this is what's happening and this is why you're not succeeding in that area and then we can pull from the other amazing people in the community and what's happened that we've found is our community does business with each other because they know each other they see each other they honor the safe space and they form strategic alliances and they've grown together which was kind of like the seed i planted and hoped for and it's finally in fruition so you know my coaches are like why are you still doing that and i'm like i'm gonna quit because the more we can have, people can do that. And as they grow to another level, if they need one-on-one -on -one coaching or they need a higher end mastermind, we have that too. We're masterminding in October in Florida at one of our um, billionaire partners' houses. And we're taking business and life and financial health and taking it to the next level in an amazing space in the beach, like in a small tight-knit group. And yeah, that's a higher price point, but we have other things that they can grow into. And, and so that's just been kind of what, the why behind CEO Mondays. And it's not going away. It'll never go away. Yeah. And we're Excellent. There every Monday, every Monday, except for Christmas, even holidays, we're there. We have team. If she's not there, I'm there. If I'm not there, she's there. And we even have another team member um, that can lead. We, um, we are very serious about CEO Monday and our house rules are what's, what's, what happens in CEO Mondays stays in CEO Mondays. We record the content for, um, for our people that can't make it. And then we turn it off and we do our laser coaching. And that is where we, you know, as Jen was saying, that safe space, you need that safe space to be vulnerable, to say what is going on, what challenges you're having. And you don't want the community knowing your challenges. It's not their business. It is our business to support you in your challenges. So that is one of the things that we are very firm about. And if we hear that you were out or anyone was out in disrespect the rules, they are immediately removed. And we take that very, very seriously. So we would love for you to join us and, and just, it's a great way to start your week, a great way to be supported. We do celebrations, as you were saying, Kim, we say what has gone well in the last seven days. We know that celebrations bring momentum and excitement that we were talking about that you need um, to, to continue on in your business because business is hard. And a lot of times when we're entrepreneurs, we're by ourselves. We're lucky to have each other as partners, but most entrepreneurs are by themselves. So it's a beautiful thing to be able to come and be in a community of entrepreneurs that actually understand what we're going through. Yeah. Well, it really comes back to a couple of things. It comes back to that, what we talked about at the start about we, we work with people we know, like, and trust. There's a safe space of some description that exists. And I think the, the other thing that really occurs to me is that safe space allows people to practice the muscle of being coachable because being coachable is tough. Mm -hmm. I, I think you'd both agree. Um, if you, if you really want to grow, you know, they're called growing pains for a reason. It, you know, it's tough and, and being coached is likely to make you feel uncomfortable and that safe space and that community and that acknowledgement of what's gone well, as well as what needs work, I think is just absolutely, absolutely critical, absolutely critical. Um, so 
um, with CEO Mondays, um, you mentioned it's every every Monday. It's a monthly subscription. Um, it's uh, it's eight a.m. US time, isn't it? Yep, central time. A, central time on a Monday morning. I I can never remember all the <laughs> little pieces. US well, actually, there's five or six US. Oh, time. don't give me more. <laughs> You just have to worry about central time. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll let the people in all the other regions know that they're off the table. Cool. So we've got about um, sort of seven minutes left before we're going to close this panel. I know you guys have got to dash off and, and, and get ready for television, would you believe, you know. Um, so are there any uh, sort of final questions from uh, anyone who is watching us? Anything you'd like to say to any of us? Ask any of us. Um, I'll give you sort of like a minute to type anything in or raise your hand if you'd like to speak. Um, we're always up for that. Um, but in the meantime, uh, what just let us know what's coming up next for each of you. Obviously, you're doing things in the business together, but what's coming up individually? Oh, so we have some things that we can't yet yeah. talk about no. that are really exciting that we're partnering in. Um, we really, really are excited about um, the next chapter in um, our business relationships and some of the businesses that we are partnering in. Um, but, you know, I, I think before we say what's next, um, I kind of want to say something to adapting in uncertain times. Of and course. people are thinking that it's an economy and, and like the economy is uncertain. Lots of things are uncertain. You know, as entrepreneurs, I think the biggest thing for us to keep in mind is we create our own economy and we create our own economy by adding value and we add value to other human beings. It's not ad adding value in a product or a service we do, but it's adding value as a human being to another human being. And so no matter what happens, if you're an entrepreneur or even if just in life, if you're a person of value who adds value to others, whether it's by connecting them, whether it's by smiling and giving them a hug when they need it, in whatever way that looks like, if you're a person of value, you're going to be successful and you're gonna be able to create your own economy because you're gonna do the listening, you're gonna do the human side of business. And I think what, what I think our whole conversation today was about is the human side of business. And that's so incredibly important and to, like today, and it should have been important, you know, 20 and 30 yeah. years ago, yeah. but we're finally getting the memo. <laughs> and so, yes, it's uncertain times, yeah. but if you focus on human first yeah. and, and being that person who cares about other human beings and solves their problems, like you're not going to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I'm going to um, interrupt and maybe throw this question to Paula to give her okay. her a a voice at the end before we have to close off so we've had another question come in um how do you coach and encourage failure that is help change our mindsets in this aspect because it's so important for growth so you're the implementer yes. in in the relationship Paula how do you coach and encourage failure failure so we basically believe that if you're not failing you're not trying and we are not judgmental people. We have worked, we have done our inner work to, and we continue to do our inner work as coaches to be able to support our clients when they do fail and when they succeed. We have some clients that are afraid to succeed, so they stay below status quo. And then we have some clients that when they 
fail, then they don't know how to get back up. We work on ourselves to be able to do both. The main thing, our belief, both of us believe that whatever you are set here on this earth to accomplish, you already have the skills on the inside of you. When I coach with Jen, my life was in the shambles and that's a whole nother story, Kim, for a whole nother day. Okay. Email me if you want to hear. Okay. The deal was as, as my life coach at the time, she took what I wanted to be. She was able to get me to communicate that. And this is what I do as a coach now and held that, um, that vision of myself and where I wanted to be right here. Even though every time I would call, I was crying. I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. I didn't make it this week. I'm still not there. But every week I would start at a different platform and I would go up and up and up. And the vision was there. And I accomplished that vision at that time. And guess what? My vision grew again. And I had to start over and over and over. So we come from a place of everything that you need for this life to light your soul on fire, to have the best life is on the inside of you. And we are here to pull it out of you and to hold it there until you get there. And it doesn't matter how many times you fail, how many times you succeed, we are here for you no matter what. And that is an authenticity and in our purpose and passion for the impact that we want for people and for the access that we want for people to know that they are here for a reason. They are special simply because because they're a human being. Jen says this all the time. You deserve because you are a human being. You don't have to, you know, make a million dollars. You don't have to do, you know, be mom of the year or dad of the year, or all the things that the world has put on us to make us think that we have to achieve something to deserve. We deserve simply because we draw breath. That's brilliant. And there's no surprise that we all connected. I mean, I'm all about unlocking your greatest asset, you. So <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, this is so good. <laughs> Yay. <Am> so, I? <laughs> yeah, snap. <laughs> so I want to uh, thank you for joining me today, for finding time in your incredibly busy schedules, uh, for tuning in from, uh, from Central Time in the US to the UK here. Uh, we've got um, attendees from all over the place, all sorts of different time zones. So I want to thank uh, you for attending as well. I really hope you have enjoyed this live panel discussion with Jen and Paula. Uh, we will be uh, sending out a replay. So in case you want to revisit it, you can, we'll send that out and you can have a look at that over the next seven days. And if you uh, want to get in touch with any of us, those details uh, will be there as well. So um, again, thank you so much, ladies, people. I don't know whether thank I'm allowed you. to call you ladies anymore. People. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for making this such a fun conversation, but also um, all about unlocking who we are and, and being our greatest selves. So have a brilliant day. Thanks, you too. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. Thank you.